Before we start, a quick disclaimer. This episode was recorded before synth pioneer Dave Smith passed away, but stick around because there's a fun little anecdote from our guests about him later in the show. I'm Chris Barker. And I'm Will Betts, and this is the Music Tech My Forever Studio podcast, brought to you in partnership with Evo by Audient. In this podcast, we speak with producers, engineers, DJs, and industry figureheads about their fantasy forever studio. The imaginary studio that our guests dream up will be one that they have to live with for eternity. But even in our forever studio fantasy, we have some rules. Indeed. Our guests will select a computer, a DAW and an audio interface. Those are free items, we let everybody choose those. Then our guests will choose just six other bits of studio gear plus one non-studio related luxury item. But Chris. Yes. No bundles! There it is. (coughs) Definitely. 100%-ish. No bundles. Choosing something sold as a package of separate software or hardware as a single item is not allowed. Today we have Dom and Dave from The Awesome Goldfish, a South African duo known for their incredible one-of-a-kind jazz house live shows and their unique twist on club and DJ music. Yes, and with plenty of epic live show rigs and many different studio setups in their career so far, we're hoping for some interesting choices. But I also know they have tuned into the show before, so they might be looking to bend the rules a bit. So, uh, Will, (laughs) fingers on that air horn trigger, please. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. It's ready. He's ready. Okay, let's dive in. This is My Forever Studio with Goldfish. Welcome, guys. Welcome. How's it? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having us. We are South African, so we do like to bend the rules. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, let's dive in. You've, you, know, you know the podcast. Dom, Dom listens. Dave, do you listen? Or yes, you... I love it. No, no, I love okay. it. I love it. Oh, that's I, nice. I, I could nice. say that I haven't listened to maybe as many as Dom has, Um you know, when you have children and that kind of stuff, you generally don't have so many free hours for podcast <laughs> consumption. Consumption. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I'm I always do. sending Dave podcasts like, "Listen to this." He's like, "When am I ever going to listen to this?" I, don't time. <laughs> I mean, listen, they yeah. are ma- like the best thing about podcasts, obviously, is like traveling a lot when you're touring and de- like all over the place, and you can really dive into stuff. So I love that, and such an awesome concept you guys have come together. Uh, we just uh, yesterday listened to Younger's one. Um, he's a uh, oh, yeah. He's, oh, yeah. He's a good friend, and we, we actually just did a song with him, so um, we've kind of got to know him very well. And yeah, he's listening legend, to man. listening to that podcast was just a great, like uh, you know, getting even more insights. Full circle. Yeah, it's uh, th- that was series one pre-pandemic, I think, wasn't it? When yeah. we, we used to do these in real life. Imagine that when people were in London, we would all get together. Um, but now we're all over in different places of the world. But yeah, mm. still making it happen. So. I guess you guys have thought about this a little bit then, maybe, yes. and contemplated what you would have. So We have thought at length about it, right? And we have a bone <laughs> to pick with you guys, firstly. Okay, so okay. F- well, finger on the button, finger on the button. I'm ready. <laughs> so our, our first suggestion is, because there's two of us, we should be like 12 items. Absolutely not. Okay, press the button. <laughs> no, no. Categorically. <laughs> next, next question. No, that was it, sorry. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Dom, um, scrap the list, scrap the list. <laughs> <laughs> now, we've had duos on before, actually. Uh, we had uh, enough, uh, KUU, uh, which is uh, Riton and uh, Alex Metric, and uh, they, they managed yeah, Sieb, with their six they, they pulled it Sieb, off, too. Yeah, so. yeah. Know, and Solwax. Solwax yes, managed it, and I don't know how Solwax managed to... Well, they, they nearly didn't, did they? They nearly didn't get down to six items, because <laughs> they kept discovering they had synths locked up in warehouses all over the world that they'd forgotten about. 
Um, oh my gosh. That sounds like so, me with surfboards. <laughs> Fair. Well, let, let's jump straight into that because you guys, I, I met you guys in, in Cape Town a long time ago and I just didn't think you'd ever leave because of the surf and because of the life there. But you're in San Diego now. So why the move? Geography. <laughs> Quite simply, geography. Uh, Cape Town is amazing. As you know, it's an incredible place to live. And we, we did uh, sort of manage to pull it off bouncing between there and Ibiza for seven years which was a great scam, actually, because it was basically summer into summer continuously. We had seven years ah. of endless summer. Like um, Carl seven, Cox, doesn't he do that with Australia? He kind of exactly. pulls off the kind of endless yeah. summer thing, yeah. Except it's also probably a great way to get awesome like skin cancer from just <laughs> <laughs> this. Is, this is why we look the way we do. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine, yeah. But uh, yeah, so basically when things started taking off us here in the US, it just made sense to, you know... Um, uh, base ourselves here because we were doing like 30 hours door to door every time we had to do a show yeah. in LA um, and we were doing that so regularly that it was like we almost felt like we were living here anyway so we just decided well where in America is sort of like Cape Town and yeah. San Diego as we say is the golden retriever of America so we um, <laughs> we decided this would be a good spot and it gets the surf as well you've got to chase the surf takes all the boxes we're close to LA uh, we still get to sort of lead the life and lifestyle that we love. And uh, 45 yeah. minutes drive from Mexico, you can go. I mean, Mexico is very much also got a, more of a, like a South Africa kind of vibe, a little more Wild West kind of course, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And so that's also, it's also nice to get away from like sort of this hyper civilization vibe going on here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> also, Just get, away, get away from all the rules and, uh, you know. Exactly. All these like draconian six items only kind of rules. and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, the funny thing is, is with the, the premise of this podcast is that we've kind of been living this for a very long time because we've, we limited, well, not, not having unlimited budgets and for touring, we've always been limited by the amount of bags we can take when we could, that we, we can <laughs> fly with. Like we, we decided a long time ago that we're not going to be like car warriors. I mean, I did that in my youth and we're not going to drive 12 hours bus, every day, yeah. buses and all that kind of stuff. So we like, we, we like the kings of flying dates. And so we had to have all our equipment packed into as few like bags as possible. So it really, it really had to be like condensed things down, um, mainly for Dom because he's the keyboard player and the bass player. He's got all the big stuff. So yeah, because I remember like back in the day, you had kind of a much more complicated rig with M was it an mpc or a roland a big roland yeah we used thing? to use a roland mc 909 and dave used to trigger all the vocal samples from a yamaha something something very <laughs> old uh and we had chaos pads mixes keyboards uh and we realized that no one cared except for us <laughs> and we were like why we are we putting else we care i know and of yeah. course we did <laughs> Um, and technology kind of got to the point where we were able to achieve so much more and with better audio fidelity. Because we'd walk on at Pasha with our fully hardware setup after or before Eric Barillo or whoever it was at the time, Pete Tong or Sander Kleinenberg or David Guetta. And we couldn't actually match the sort of, you know, the level because it wasn't fully mastered to an inch of its life. Uh, so dynamic. And um, people used to look at us and be like, what are you guys doing? You're crazy. Because we'd be like adjusting reverb sends and delay yeah. effects. And, and mm -hmm. you know, no one's really actually grasping that except for ourselves. So we actually had to find a way to compromise and bring the elements that really matter to the show. So we can still have fun, but that, you know, the, there's a kind of a middle ground of audio fidelity and uh, creativity. 
Yeah, I guess you have to sort of just focus on the bits that the crowd immediately see and go, oh, he's, he's playing that on the bass or on the sax. Right. And like, I get it. I can hear that and I can see that rather than like, oh, I can hear the reverb tail going up while yeah, your yeah, head's, yeah. head's <laughs> looking down on. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. And, but I have witnessed one of your gear disasters, uh, which was the, your bass not showing up in Amsterdam down. Um, oh, yes. Which gig was that? Because it's happened a few times, so uh, it was double. I think it was it was. Oh God, I can't remember. I, I Maybe three or four years bass, ago. Remember? Oh, it was on. Yeah. He had electric, but Dom was playing. That's like our backup. Is like go yeah. find an electric bass somewhere, hire it, and then have a, a gig of me telling Dom to stop slapping it like it's a double bass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like a, an elephant in a china shop. A china uh, shop with a with an electric okay, bass. You have to show them the size of your hands, Dom. That's the first thing. Okay, this is a normal size hand. This is me. This is, and that's a Dom hand. It's yeah. Like, oh my god. So, I can yeah. stretch an octave and a fifth on the piano. Like you and Brian wow. May doing a thumb war. That's <laughs> it. Yeah. Not, this is I'd not good for it. a violin playing. Okay, guys. Keep yeah. it clean. Yeah. Keep it clean. Um, yeah, an anyway. octave and a half. Hang on. So like C to the, uh, G. Oh, here yeah, he goes. The, uh... Oh, my God. Jesus Christ, man. What's wrong with your hands? <laughs> the, uh, well, let's, if we want to get I've into got, it. I've got C to D. I mean, well, it, not depending on if you were... Uh, like, a, like a second. Listeners may not be able to see this, but the difference between the size of my baby fingers is also quite strange. From playing double bass, my left-hand baby finger has grown about half a centimetre longer. Are you hyper-evolved to play bass? It seems to have kind of grown on its own. It's very strange. I can hail the uh, cabs. I'm like, E.T., it's very useful. <laughs> That's I mean, crazy, though. You should yeah. see what else your body adjusts to when you start doing it. <laughs> Yeah, luckily, have you got yeah, massive surface feet as well like big big <laughs> webbed feet well this is great for paddling i must say having big hands so. <laughs> yeah i'm like Jesus. the michael phelps for surfing nice <laughs> okay right so let's start the podcast officially i mean we that Beautiful. will all go in you know your giant hands will make it in so that's don't good worry. lucky me i mean they don't always they don't make it into small gloves which is very fact. yeah yeah, yeah. Get a, get a tube of Pringles and you're safe around Dom. He's not going to steal your Pringles, is he? I have found other ways, i.e. empty the whole tube into my face. <laughs> He's hyper-evolved to eat Pringles, just like straight yeah. down. <laughs> like a gannet. Okay, let's uh, let's talk about where you would have your perfect studio. I mean, like you've travelled the world and you've, you've, you're based in San Diego now, beautiful place, Cape Town, beautiful place previously. Where would you put your studio if you could have it anywhere in the world? We did debate this at length, um, you know, because like you say, we've traveled all over the world and some of the ideas were Nicaragua because we love being there. We actually spent a, a week in the studio there working once and Hawaii. Uh, and then we sort of thought, uh, based on some of your other guests, that if this is the forever studio and that um, we can kind of do anything we want, we thought about possibly having time travel first of all, and to mm. go back in time. time. Time travel isn't a place, Dom. Well, I mean, time and, time and space are a, a hotly debated topic. Um, but we were thinking of uh, going back 100 years and going to Jeffrey's Bay in South Africa uh, and, um, first of all, buying up all the sand dunes in front of our favourite surf spot to allow no one else to develop it, which okay. is quite... Uh, except, for a except for a little studio building. The, the, yes. only, the only issue we ran into is power. <laughs> there wouldn't be power. And no internet. <laughs> yeah. So, but... Yeah, but for the, for the purposes of this, this is what we would love to have. Yeah, as well. yeah. 
as our dream. So uh, in front of Jeffrey's Bay, and uh, there's a place we always stay there called African Perfection, which is a uh, beautiful hotel slash penthouse complex. Ooh, yeah, guest house kind of. Yeah, but the top penthouse is uh, unreal. It's um, it looks out over the over the break. So if, if, for people who aren't like surfers, Jeffrey's Bay is like one of the best places Probably to surf the in, the in the world. In the world, like debatable, but yes, just a magic place. We love it. And like the setup there would be perfect for a studio. You'd be so. So you know, I, I've never heard of this. So where is Jeffrey's Bay in, in South Africa? Is that Cape uh, Town? No, it's like seven hundred k's up the up the east coast towards okay. Durban. Yeah, sort of halfway between Durban and Cape Town. Okay. Cool. And surfers from all over the world travel there uh, to go and surf the waves there. It's unreal. so it's one of those spots like like the one exactly. in Hawaii and stuff. Exactly. Stuff that's, yeah, yeah. Legendary, exactly. oh, okay. yeah. It's like nice. a legendary spot. So you you have a studio there. I, uh, the problem, the one problem came up was like I said, Dawn, well, when are you ever going to want to work in the studio if you like? <laughs> if you're right in front of. <laughs> well, the, the waves stuff. aren't yeah. always good, yeah. so, so you know. It's like at night time. You could work at night time. So <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. Surf all day, music all night. It sounds like a dream. Sounds like a forever studio fantasy. Exactly. Yeah. And what's the what's the aesthetic then? Are we talking surf shack or oh, it's is this beautiful. penthouse quite slick? Yeah, it's big like vaulted wood. Yeah, it's like yeah, vaulted ceilings, kind of lots of wood. Like it's a kind of the, the vibe. There's quite log cabiny, but not in a not in like a sort of beach log cabin. Way. Yeah, that kind of vibe. Yeah, it's it's you just basically you walk into it and you're like, thank you. Lots of yes. I will stay here. Lots of <laughs> lots of woody, warm vibes. You know, good yeah. for creating music. And, and the penthouse is a very asymmetrical design room, so it'd be great for the acoustic and. And in case any of our listeners are thinking of visiting there for a holiday, is it a lively place or is it literally like middle of nowhere just for surfers or or um, is it kind of a surfer dude kind you know, of hang out? It's in a town. It's like in a town. It's kind of like a Cornwall or something like that. So there's, That's no, what there's I had in my head, but I didn't want yeah. to say it because it would sound so yeah. typically English and that's all I know about that kind <laughs> of vibe. But yeah. yeah, good. Having recently been to Cornwall, yes, it's very similar. Okay, that's cool. So quick question on this. If we don't allow time travel, would it still be there? It would still be there now. We just want the time travel because then no one else would be there and we'd have the waves all to ourselves. Okay. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of time travel optional. I'm going to say you're not going back in time. Not allowed. Not allowed. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry. Sound? Um, <laughs> okay. Veto. Yeah. Okay, okay, so no time travel, that's fine, but we still get yeah. African perfection. Okay. Uh, yeah. Very kindly. They've very kindly agreed to uh, give us... Yeah. The whole place whole in complex. our minds. Whole place, yeah. Yeah, um, that's fair. And yeah, we've obviously acoustically treated it and uh, run all the cabling as such, I, I'm guessing. Yeah, African acoustic perfection. There we Perfect. go. That's, that's... Yeah, and the gentle sound of the waves in the background on all the recordings. <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, no, we have yeah, ceiling for that. Okay, so... So we got the first three items now. We got a... You've got to choose a computer... A DAW and an audience face, but these are free. These are freebies. Free freebies. Well, I mean, we've mm. only ever really well, we we only really use Ableton, so that's a simple kind of choice. Yeah. Um, and is that on a Mac? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So I had, a, I had a brief uh, PC dalliance, but I am like the as Dave calls me the Bermuda Triangle of of electronics. I can get it to break or crash within <laughs> about three minutes of using it. So. So, so it's massive hands, Dom. It must be it's probably that. But yeah, we <laughs> have you pressed it on and off? No, I can't push the button. <laughs> Control alt delete with three fingers, no problem. Exactly. <laughs> so the question is, would we go laptop or just like a beast 
desktop yeah. unit. I mean, do you not? Do you need that portability? You don't. In like, our normal lives, we do. But Forever Studio, you don't need portability because that's your Forever Studio. Mm. So therefore, you just you know you just go for the biggest power beast that you can. Yeah, get. you probably want to future proof yourself. Um, so yeah, let's go with the beast desktop, seven thousand gigs of RAM. Yeah, um, whatever it is now. Yeah. If this podcast for, continues for years, we're going to look back on the early ones again. God, can you can you believe they only had four hundred gigs of RAM back in then? <laughs> every the, every every year though, we, we it gets gets crazier. The the spec on these machines and the price of them. Yeah, so, I was what, say, we're with, on like what inflation? 60? What are we at point like half a million for a, the top Mac? What is it? I can't remember what that is now. I'm going to spec it up while you guys uh, full spec continue. Okay. Fantastic. I'll spec it for you. So what are we okay, missing? So Ableton. Are, oh yeah, the, and then a, the an Mac, interface. Interface no brainer. We we use UAD everywhere. Um, so I think which we have one? Like four units. Uh, we'd probably get the Apollo. I don't know what the latest one is. Probably what is it? An Octo or Quad? <laughs> so we got the Quad, but like yeah, it's probably like. What is the top Apollo uh, interface? Um, the, it's the X8P, or there's you could go the X16. So the X8P has the pre's in it. There's mm. the that sounds X- like cheating, though, doesn't it? Is that a bundle within the machine? Well, so that's the one. That's one thing we'll allow. Because Apollo, when you buy your unit, you do get yeah. some plugins. Now, does that is that something? We allow that. You get those ones. You just you can't. Uh, well, if you mm. want any more plugins, you have what to. Do we get we get four, don't we? I think we get oh, four free ones. Okay, that's something else to think about. Hmm. I mean, you know, Ableton has got like its own whole like <laughs> sort of smorgasbord of things in there anyway, but not that they're. Uh, you okay, know, well, I've got some. I've got levels. some thoughts on what our bundled plugins would be. Do we have to put that up as well? You can do it. What do you mean bundled plugins? Well, well you know the ones. Well, I mean the ones that come with UAD. Oh yeah, no, I think we're yeah we've allowed that in the past. So yeah, we, there's precedent. Yeah. Okay, it will be. So it's I would go with the yeah. Roland Space Echo uh, recreation, and maybe the Ampex tape, and then you could, you choose two, Dave. Whoo! I mean, I <laughs> I love the the LATA, and uh, just that thing just is a super useful. Um, and the studio, uh, two tapes. I the love studio it. tape, but I mean, we we would probably just go down to one tape. So we'd have to, you know, maybe thumb more. Actually, I can't thumb more. Damn, this is I, so I will many, win with my fingers. So many options have <laughs> been cut out here. Yeah. Um, well, how about a how about a like a Neve EQ or something like that? Like a good, a good yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. We've got we've got some spatial with the echo. We've got compression with LA. We've got the tape saturation, and then maybe just yep. a good pre. Mm-hmm. Yep. This oh, this yes, is all sure. feeling very bundly. I'm gonna say it's this, very this bundly. Feel, I must it feels say. extremely I mean, bundly. I, as you, you said, guys, you've, you've allowed it. You've allowed it. Well, I mean, like, okay. It, so, com- yeah, it comes we, with plugins that you can choose, right? That's the, you, you can't always choose them. I think yeah. it depends. It, oh, I'm feeling it's hugely uncomfortable about this, but okay. Well, well, well oh, okay, fine. Well, moving swiftly on before you change your mind. Um, <laughs> so the Roland Space Echo, the uh, LA2A, what? Just the classic, the Legacy. Let's just go Legacy. Let's keep yep. it super real. Super real. Uh, the Ampex tape. Uh, and what was the last one? The EQ? Or was it? It was the Neve. The Neve, yeah. What do you want? Neve. The 1080. Mm. Perfect. That's the one. There we go. Just for some sweetness. Some sweetness. And also speci- specifically because like coming up next is going to be a whole bunch of like instruments. So Yeah, exactly. That's the problem with two of us is we, we, we both have very specific needs. Mm. Well, let's move on to that. Item number one. What's it going to be? Well, 
as a saxophone player, I think the first up has to be a saxophone. And, uh, you know, with all these kind of options available to one, I still, the saxophone that I have currently, well, what one of the saxophones that I have, which is the one that most of our recordings are done with, is the it's a Salma Mark 6 1967 tenor. And it's, you know, it's an amazing horn. Like, I wouldn't... I don't actually know what else I want other than that. Other than That's maybe, perfect. other than maybe one that like a, a legendary sax player had recorded some, you know, legendary recordings on. But that could be, you know, that's a tough one as well because then if you don't sound as good as them, then you it's like oh. <laughs> <laughs> at least if it's not their horn, you can be you can have an excuse. Look, it's not the same horn, man. Like how can it sound the same? And that's also, true, I don't want to sound this. And and you know, life gold to not kind of sound the same as anyone's so. yeah your your selma mark six is perfect it's awesome and it's made from world war ii shell casings so it's been it's Ooh. you know been turned into something beautiful that's why it sounds the bomb boom that's <laughs> <Made it. laughs> nice but, but uh, so who would you have it signed by though dave then so, so maybe you could have it signed by some of your favorite artists dave. of all all time yeah <laughs> oh, by you. oh no come on <laughs> um well, you know, uh, Coltrane, Dexter Gordon, um, uh, you know, Joshua, Joshua Redmond, Redman, who, who who actually could sign it because he's we met he's him. He's a him. super cool guy. Um, you know, he's also incredible. Is Soweto Kinch? We had him on on Late Night People, but he is just like such an incredible sax player and general rapper, mega, mega talent of every proportions. Um, yeah, I'd say those four for sure. I wouldn't want to get. I wouldn't want. To have like a sleeve of tattoos, you know, but that's how it affect the tone, you know, yeah. all that engraving. Yeah. Okay. So that's mm. kind of cool because I mean, yeah, I love Dave Sachs. It's, I can really get top that. So how did you come by that Sachs? Like, because that's uh, obviously it sounds like the, the World War Two shell casing and the, the history, the date of that Sachs. Like, you know, I got it years ago. Um, I think I just left school and I, I had an amazing guy. In South Africa, I used to do like fix all my cruddy saxophones. He, him and his team were like were super super good. Victor and his team of music craft they used to turn the wrecked saxophones into like workable things. And you know, long discussions. And I even went and worked in the shop for a while to figure out how to fix saxophones myself because things happen. You know, when you're out there playing gigs and you need to be able to do something. You know, mm. and in long discussions, you know, he he had said to me like, "Oh, you know what? You you need a Mark Six. That's that's like the gold standard of of saxophones." And so I was like, "Well, you know, let's uh, put let's put our you know feelers out." And for a couple of years, looked and looked and looked, and eventually one popped up. There was a guy who had found this one somewhere or other, and I managed to get it off him for the princely sum of twenty thousand rand, which. What is that? At that's the time, like, was a lot of money, but like now, that's it's about like, eight hundred pounds. No, thousand. thousand oh, I think eight hundred pounds is yeah. spot, which is nothing, because they <laughs> they sell for like twelve thousand dollars here if you try Whoa, and find starting, one. Yeah. yeah. So, mm -hmm. and it's like you know, it's like a real limited item. You just literally there were X amount made between a certain period of time, and you know that's it. Yeah. So he's got, he's basically got his ultimate instrument already. I'm kind of jealous. Yeah, no. yeah. It's it's always nicer on the show when uh, some of some some people's forever items 
aren't a fantasy they actually own them already which is kind of yeah. cool um, i actually got a mark six uh i found a mark six recently alto as well because i started playing alto in the last like six years um i was always playing soprano i had a little little funky curved soprano like the first time you saw us in cape town yeah. and i used to play that everywhere because it was super once again it was super portable and there was all this like you know we had all these issues of like getting around and airlines used to be so full of it um you know, with like carrying stuff on board. And, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so like eventually, you know, got a bit much and it's quite a, it's quite a heavy instrument to play like the soprano for very, like long periods of time, like two, three hours, you know, wailing so away. with the weasel. So I switched over <laughs> onto alto, never being an alto player, but, um, yeah. So I've, I've got a Salma that we tour with, but, um, my my little cousin in Cape Town actually sent me a, a picture, and he had found a. He was working in a music shop, and he, he had actually found a, a Mark Six Alto from a guy. He unfortunately, sadly, passed away. Gentleman who had looked after this thing like it was his little baby, and I have a mint condition. I think it's. I stand corrected, but it's a good like eight to nine years younger or older than my tenor. And uh, but it's it doesn't have a bit of tarnish on it. It looks as good as the day it came out. I mean, it's even in the original wow. case. The original case is completely wrecked. <laughs> Conversely, <laughs> if you see this thing, you're like, "Ooh, what's happening here?" And then you open it up, and it's like, "Oh, nice." Yeah. Awesome. But that that's not the one I want because I'm you know I I grew up as a tenor player, so it's tenor all the way. So I mean, do you do you have this in the cabin with you when you fly, or do you check this in like? My alto, that would be my worry. My alto, I I check in. I no, I don't check in. I, I carry it on board, you know. Yeah, and that's why. So that was like well, to my point of earlier. Like we've been living this podcast for our entire careers. You know, I've got a yeah. I've got a flute in my backpack. I got MacBook. Got the controller. I've got my alto saxophone on my shoulder, and that's all going like on board with us. Um, yeah, you know. And then conversely, you know, Dom's got to get an electric double bass, which is in a snowboard, uh, what are those cases called? Oh, like a snowboard The case. sport the, tube. The sport tube. Everyone thinks I'm going uh, snowboarding. Well, and including the, the airlines, right? It's very confusing when I land in Ibiza. Everyone's like, where is he going? Why is he going snowboarding <laughs> in Ibiza? <laughs> and then... But d- does that mean you get away with checking it in as sports equipment? Exactly. Oh, it depends. Yeah. If, if it's Ryanair, they don't care. You just you it know. does get confusing sometimes because they'll if it's ski season and like security, like you know, they scan everything and suddenly yeah. they scan like what looks like a ski device, yeah. like container, and, and there's containing a, a there's something else in it. You know, instrument. A few times it gets stuck at the airports because of that. I've often said to Dom, we must print a picture of it on the side and like actually have it on the outside and see like musical instrument. Funny story, we actually, in, was it Austria or Germany? It was one of those places, we, we actually, they charge you like 150 euros for a, for a musical instrument, but it's free for a, for a ski or something, right? Yeah. So we, we were just like, ah, stuff it, we'll just pretend it's a ski. And they came and they found us somewhere in the airport. And they're like, you, you, it's not a ski, you must pay. I could not wow. believe it. I was like, wow, that's dedication, man. Item number two. Okay, so we, we basically had a long arm and R about all this because there's various instruments we want, but there's they're like essentials. So um, mine has to be a double bass um, for the studio. Um, and I think it's the one I have as well. Uh, the one that's been on all our albums. It's 
over a hundred years old. When I got it, it, it was German. It was filled with all like like these old playing cards. Um, it was trashed. I found it in a pawn shop, and we fixed <laughs> it up. And um, it sounds gorgeous. I know the story behind it. It's been like it's, the whole top has been cracked and uh, rebuilt multiple times. Uh, we actually mm. took it to a festival once, and a band we won't name sat on it and broke it. And then made a joke about it, and Dave nearly um, rearranged that the, the lead singer's <laughs> face. Um, Is that band still famous? Yes, so we won't name we won't name them. But uh, no, but uh, they they are still famous. They in South Damn Africa, it. yeah. Um, oh, okay. So but not, anyway, moving on. Really so, famous. but that so yeah, she's my baby. She's I think she's like 120 years old now, uh, at least. Um, and it's a German flat back double bass. Just sounds cool. I love it. So yeah, definitely have that. So I mean, you say German is there? There's not a brand. I mean, I don't know anything about double basses. I, so yeah, I, it doesn't even say. Um, but the guy who I took it to, who's who used to fix all my basses, who's actually sadly passed away now. He he was oh, like, he? yeah, he did, oh, yeah, no. amazing luthier. And he um, he was like, oh, this is definitely German. He could tell straight away. Um, it's beautiful. Mm. So yeah, I got. I guess I've got one of my dream instruments as well. So yeah. So there's nothing, there's no other bases that you've <laughs> no, ever tried. It just seems like it's quite damaged, Dom, I'm going to say. It seems like it's quite damaged I mean, that's and, what gives and it you're a, still gives choosing it. It's its rattly tone. <laughs> oh um, I don't know. Dave, it, Dave's was like all about, oh, it's mint condition. It looks like it's straight out of the shop. Yours has been sat on, it's been broken, and you're still choosing it for the Forever Studio. I know, mine's wrecked for sure. It's uh, uh, but I, I don't know. It's, it still sounds great. We record. I mean, you'd have to go listen to albums to decide whether you yeah. agree. But um, I like it. I think. But have you played? Have you played other ones on tours like hires and stuff? And I it just have, doesn't. Um, you know, they're all set up so differently. I don't know really how to compare it to anything. Maybe it's like a super high end bike or something where it's like set to your settings. And you know, with yeah. hands like mine, you need to um, <laughs> you need to have it set differently, I guess. Um, so mine was just set up for me, and I get the action. Yeah, I've got action, so used to the action it, is you know? so personal. Yeah, and you, know? you just get so used to it that it becomes that's your thing. And then, mm. like, even if something else yeah. would be hashtag better, it doesn't feel like it's better for you. Well, I mean, there's a kind of yeah. two boring mm. selections because we kind of have them already. Yeah. So let's move anyway, on. it gets interesting now. <laughs> <laughs> The Music Tech My Forever Studio podcast is supported by Evo by Audient and the Evo 16 audio interface. The Evo 16 is packed with eight award-winning Evo preamps alongside Audient's advanced converter technology, which will make recording even easier and better sounding. That's right, featuring their signature smart gain level technology, a groundbreaking motion UI control system and all the ins and outs for even your biggest sessions, the Evo 16 is a powerhouse interface. I've got to say, I'm a huge fan of that smart gain feature, and with eight inputs, you can perfectly set levels for a full drum kit in seconds. And with intelligent features like this and powerful, easy-to-use design, Evo 16 is a new way of doing things for music makers, home recording enthusiasts, and producers looking to up their interface game. The Evo 16 interface is suggested to retail at £399, €469, and $499 in the USA. Discover Evo online at evo.audio. Okay, so item number three. I'd say like the next item for sure is the is the Wurlitzer. Okay, yeah, definitely. Um, the Wurlitzer. Uh, I want the one that was on Beck's Odelay album. Where it's at. 
I would love that one. Mm-hmm. That's the classic for me. That's one of my favorite little like Wurlitzer riffs. I have been guilty of playing it live probably too many times. Um, <laughs> but uh, if, if anyone watches our live sets, they'll be like, oh, God, there he goes again. Um, but yeah, Wurlitzer is just great because it's just got a you can use it in so many different ways. It's an inspiration station. You can just sit down at it and come up with something. But there's one 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 like little extra sort of thing that needs to be added to this thing, which we have to see if it passes the through the through the two bounces over here and that is <laughs> it needs to be retrofitted for midi okay oh that's fine that's fine yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll allow we've that, had yeah. retrofitted since before yeah oh, so you're going to use it as your controller about that all night i didn't sleep properly last night about yeah that. so well, this is we, had, we also yeah we're gonna have to debate this later because it's between uh, some other keyboards as well but yes uh, it'd be nice to have it as midi as well because Maybe one of those like uh, it's sin- the feel, like the feel, you know, uh, listening to someone play something that's like, you know, is a real instrument like a word. It's a, you, you know, the way they play is different to if you're playing on mm. a synthy kind of keyboard. Mm. That's not even a weighted keyboard is different, like to, you know, like yeah. those, those kind of keyboards like that. You have Fender, a visceral reaction to them. And I the Fender Rhodes and like a real piano. There's not, they don't, you, there's very little electronic substitutes for those from for a sure. field perspective and then the mm. the results you get from the, from musical results and the, the placement yeah. of the notes is so much more um more organic and like you know, it's like rick of... rick rubin was in the instrument yeah. <laughs> he helps you bring out the best that was you. a big instrument you need big but hands I, I know what that. you mean though those keyboards like like roads and and what they have that roads mm. especially they have that kind of different different action well, yeah. they're quite soft, aren't they? They're really bad, mm. like terrible attack in a kind of yes. in a kind of cool way. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, and and they and the keys kind of you like kind of flat back flat against back. your fingers, exactly. don't they? On like yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you can kind of like make them kind of dance like a drumstick. You know, like yeah. when you've got a drumstick sort of hit in the palm of your yeah. hand when you play. It's that kind of style, isn't it? Where you can kind of have it. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's got like a, it's got a personality for sure. So that uh, that's kind of one of the one of the attractions. Never mind just the, the amazing sound and the, all that kind of stuff. I think you can kind of hear based on all our choices here that we're, even though we make EDM and house music, uh, that we're actually closeted sort of more organic instruments. I mean, obviously our sound has got quite an organic sound, but um, Dave and I have been talking about our next album actually being a return to a very limited setup of just those sort of electromechanical and analog synth based sort of setup and limit ourselves. So it's like, Hey, we've got yeah. this, 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 and this, and we're going to, you know, make an album with just that. So let's just talk briefly about, um, Dom, you've got perfect pitch, right? Uh, yeah. Yes. He does. So this organic sound, is that quite challenging? I actually struggle most with D de- with, with DJing, uh, when someone's beat matching and then it goes out of a four forty. And then it just sounds, <laughs> it just sounds so, just like something's happening to me. <laughs> like, what you mean when they don't have when they don't have pitch lock on? Yeah, exactly. Or well, if it's vinyl yeah. and stuff, I really do freak out because I'm like, I don't know. I'm sort of in between the grid. But that's just how the rest of us are. <laughs> We're always yeah. just in between the grid. So come on, just yeah. <laughs> Yeah, wow. the whole perfect pitch thing is a very interesting topic because, I mean, even A440 wasn't the original sort of agreed standard for what we were going to tune to originally. And there's sort of all sorts of discussions about what whether that's actually the most natural tuning that we should we should be sort of locked to. And on that note... Uh, uh, on um, notes, 
Sure. No, but it's number so, two. Uh, do you number only have... three gets you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, you've come to the wrong show if you don't like puns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this is it's a pandemic. Oh my goodness! Oh, go. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I need to get vaccinated from this thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. That's good. Um, right. So, are you only perfect pitch to that type of tuning then? That's what I mean. So, um, like, I mean, that's, that's what perfect that's pitch a, is though. That's perfect pitch. I guess, is weirdly I guess, to four forty. I guess right? you kind of grid it. I I don't know. Like, I I think because I can I can hear it in my head. I can because I also have synesthesia. So. It links to color. So if I see C, you know, middle C, that's like blue. It sounds blue to me. And then D sounds red. E sounds mauve. F sounds purple, maroon. G is brown. A is yellow. <laughs> B flat's dark green. And B is light green. And what's weird about that is if you look at the color spectrum, it actually goes with the color. And I thought everyone had this when I was a kid. I thought everyone just, mm. I assumed uh, that that's, you know, made sense. But it is interesting how it's all frequencies and that somehow that, my brain has correlated that. Do, do songs that mention colour, like if if you do the like red and yellow and pink and blue, and does that does that mess with your mind? Like singing the colour at a pitch, it's the wrong colour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Coldplay's yellow. It's like no. Yeah. It's not yellow. Yeah. It's all brown. It's not yellow, mate. This song is not yellow at all. Actually, isn't that song in A? What about Purple Rain? The Purple oh. Rain. <laughs> I mean, purple rain, blue, and blue dabba dee dabba da. Is is that song even blue? Blue dabba dee dabba da. You know, I haven't actually researched this much. But, but you could translate it into blue. You just pitch it down. Or yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting because you know, like certain songs seem to work well in certain keys, or you know, dance music. So much of dance music's in G, just because of the fundamental yeah. kick being in that kind of yeah. good range. Uh, and then, ironically, we have made all our favorite goldfish tracks have been in B, for whatever reason. Um, well, not all our favorite ones, but you but know, there's also a, a, a lot, a lot of them seem to be sort of breaking the rules in the true South African style. Okay, fi- final me nerdy question on synesthesia: Have you have you met other people with synesthesia, and do they have the same or different colors? Um, you know, I haven't really, I don't really, I haven't really spoken about it with anyone else. Funnily, um, but it would be interesting actually. You've just this come out a, of the closet. <laughs> I've just come out as a, <laughs> yeah. But it actually would be interesting to compare notes and see if other people hear and see the color I well, hear. I think that's a great yeah. idea. Yeah, I, I really want you to do an album where you pitch songs that are referencing colors, like golden brown, blue, all these songs, and then you re-pitch them to match the colors. That sounds like a good arts project. Somebody could do that. Colored in by Dom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like a synesthesia audio coloring book. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. If you think about this, we still need speakers and microphone, uh, you know, just as usable items so that our studio actually works. Doesn't, um, that, doesn't that studio come with speakers? No. Sorry, no. <laughs> What's, what kind of studio is this? <laughs> so it's your forever studio. Yeah. So okay. we use Focal, um, or Focal, I'm not sure which way you say it, but um, uh, we've got the Trio 6Bs, but I think Ooh. there's the one up from that, which, which kind of are like a little bit more beast um, SM9s. The SM9s, those are the ones, yeah. Yeah. I think mm. since we're being extra bougie, we'd go for those. <laughs> extra bougie. I think there's a, it probably more, an even bougier option, isn't there, Will? If you... Oh, what, the Soffit ones? <laughs> Soffit, yes. In the walls. Make it rattle. <laughs> Put it in the walls. <laughs> do Focal do a Soffit one or Soffit? How do you say it? I'm not sure. Hang on, Will's the only one that's allowed to say it sexually. Go on, Will. Soffit mounted. 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> that sounded creepy that time. It wasn't meant to be quite that creepy. It was that was more creepy than sexy, I think. We've lost a few listeners that were tuning in just to hear you say softest <laughs> for that. But the SM9s would be a good compromise if they don't do a, a softer one. Soffit yeah, the SM9s it. are good. They're the ones where you can separate a bit of the speaker as well to take the sub off. You can actually do that with the, with these ones as well. We've just never got oh, around okay. to doing it. But um for this tiny room we probably should. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, SM9s, 100%. SM9s or something big. Yeah. Will's doing the research now. And the room's mm-hmm. been Let's acoustically see. treated and trapped, etc. So yeah. no issues there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know everyone always goes for the barefoots, but I've never actually personally, we've never experienced them, so I couldn't really say. But we love the, I, the, the focal. I found, I found that, that similar people usually go between focals and, and barefoot. Oh, really? Uh, okay. So that's a good... Yeah, I th- of... the, the focals became really trendy when they first came out, the, the 6Bs and the, the, the twins. And then everybody in EDM started using barefoots. Um, but yeah, the events as well were quite big for a while. You kind of have these weird speaker trends, don't you? Yes, I, I Dyn Audio happened for a while when I was young. And yeah. Everyone was like, oh, yeah. Dyn Audio. Wonder what the next trend is. Every, mm-hmm. Those key audio ones people seem to like at the moment, don't they, Will? But they're ridiculously expensive. They are pretty pricey, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, I'm, it looks like the SM9s are discontinued. So what? you'd be looking at the Trio 11B. Hmm, be like the okay. bigger version of what you've got. Um, I might be mistaken there, but they. I mean, we can still to... go for discontinued speakers, though. We, you we know, totally we go for can. Vintage this is and true. Bex Wurlitz, so, so it's fine. On the black market. Yeah, <laughs> yeah black, black <laughs> market. Speakers, As used yeah. by Skrillex. <laughs> the tweeters yeah. are fine, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We actually had a cool, um, a cool experience. We went to, uh, we were in Chile for a festival performance like a couple of years ago, and we, uh, we had done a song with Zeba. Uh, the Brazilian singer, and he was there as well to perform. And we we um, we got together in a studio out like an hour outside of um, Chile, outside of Santiago. Studio del Sur, I think it's called. Yeah, Studio del Sur. And in there, they had the the desk is Van Morrison's old like personal desk, like an SSL. What? From just up the road from with me, basically that old studio. Yeah, I don't, it was because Van, Van lives around near me somewhere. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. crazy. So they well, had, it's all the way in Chile now. Yeah, well, in yeah. the middle of a field of horses. This beautiful, 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 like studio, Farmers, like yeah. kind of complex set up in the middle of nowhere, and there it is. They got a. And what desk was it? Uh, it was the the SSL. I'm not sure the exact. Yeah, we. Oh, it'll be a, a G series or an E series. Yeah, or it was one of those big yeah. freaking monsters. Yeah. I'm not eighties eighties like style ones. Exactly. But if you ever happen to find yourself in Chile, it's definitely a place to go visit. A very very nice place to go work. Yeah, we actually record. We mm. we did like a live version of the song with Zebra. It's you can go and listen to it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, as recorded Sweet. through Van Morrison's desk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All of that brown eyed girl money, I guess. <laughs> exactly. You know the yeah. th- thing you'll realize with us, right, is that we we aren't like the uber tech nerds when it comes to like the gear and like we know we know what we like, we know what we use, we we know how to use it, and we try not get too like het up with all the stuff because there's so many you know in in the scene there's so many options and there's so much you know yeah. even when it just comes to like plugins at least we like we don't have to worry about bundles at this point but you know in in the real in the real world you know you have so many options that you got to like 
make sure yeah. that you don't let the options control you. Limitations breeds and creativity. And that's kind of like the, yeah. that's kind of mm. obviously the, the kind of the modus operandi for this podcast, but that definitely is the, also one of the inspirations for us to go and do uh, in a full album in the future where we actually are super limited like this with kind of like a fair amount of these instruments we're talking about now um it's yeah it's kind of it's kind of interesting how this podcast and that idea have kind of been going together in different like they've come together mm. in different ways and we're kind of excited about doing that because just you know the way things happen these days is so not like that you know Item number five now. Okay, so now the tricky thing comes in. We need a microphone. Mm. Uh, but that basically, we run out of things then. Oh, wait, no, we're, we're on number five. The first, so we, yeah, okay, so microphone. So, all the, I mean, the, the first, before we get into the microphone, I think the, I think just because of the nature of the music we make, uh, there had to be like some, there had to be a real piano. like a. But yeah, but this was the argument I was having with you, is that you can't have a piano and a Wurlitzer and a Moog. Well, and you've you got to have an analog about, synth. No one said anything. We didn't say Moog yet. I, well, I say Moog. Okay. You say Moog, you say Moog. <laughs> I say Moogie, you say Moogie. <laughs> but it is. It's a toss-up between the grand piano there and the Steinway Model D. Probably the one that recorded kind of blue for Miles Davis, that, that one. Um, you can oh, actually oh. get it as a contact instrument. I have it, but I'd want the real one. Um, yeah. Forever Studio, get the real one. It's either that or the Moog one. I would want... I. <sighs> I, mean, I guess the word it kind of does fulfill some of the functionality. I mean, of the and a piano. lot of our sort of sound is kind of like piano house as well, which Ableton has a stock kind of synth sort of sampled piano, which you could manipulate. <laughs> Depends on if we were it's planning on recording Adele a, type music so, or not. But the piano a, is probably like a it's a you shameful know, the, replacement for. A but you know, we use like an, we use like <laughs> M one ish pianos more than we use grand pianos, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Okay. Well, so maybe as much as I want to have a grand piano, if I'm having the whirly, it's either going to be the whirly or the grand, basically. Well, the whirly's really in there, man. It's locked and loaded. No, it doesn't have to be. We can, we can, we can. <laughs> I'm really enjoying this tension. Can I just say, I'm enjoying this. <laughs> but uh, I, I think we've got to have, we've got to have an analog synth because we've got an analog electromechanical keyboard, whether it's the Steinway or the whirly. So you've got to have the Moog one for just, you know. For those those sounds, you just don't get that from no, of course you don't from anything. And you do need bass lines that aren't double bass lines. So I'd say Moog one, and we can argue at the end over piano or whirly. So, or yeah. just or just don't have a mic, and then you just don't record so, anything and just like <laughs> do it all live. And well, if you want to hear it, you got to be there. I have heard of uh, of uh, other guests saying that they would just wait for the singer to come with the microphone, and then you could just borrow it to like put down some sax lines. <laughs> It's wishful thinking. Who invited a singer? I never invited a singer. <laughs> <laughs> this is a forever so, so studio. They're not even a great singer. They just got a good mic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It. You got a yeah. Neumann? Good. <laughs> yeah. Like like when you were a kid and there'd be a, a guy in the band that wasn't that good, but he had a car. <laughs> Wait, that was me. He's got a van, so he could be in the band. Yep. Get him on bass or something. He's fine. Oh, my God. Um, I just one question. I haven't actually researched this, but I don't know if the Moog one has an audio in. As a, can you use it as a filter? I think you can. Yeah. Oh, that's quite cool. Um, yeah. Okay, rad. Then definitely the Moog one. 
We can do more with that than a... Tell us about the move one though, because you know it's it's a it's an easy obvious choice on the show. Uh, no offense, mm. but mm. it is like people say it. But like, it's it's relatively recent as far as synths go. Um, have you tried it, or are you? Just, I haven't. Like, I have a, I've got a Moog Fatty, um, little yep. Fatty, but that's obviously mm-hmm. very limited. You can't do any sort of polyphony. That's or what like I. Pads that's what I call and... Dom's hands. <laughs> 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 but uh um yeah just something like that which is from the de facto grandfather of all analog synths you know everyone might maybe go for a dave smith or something but i just thought the the moog would be the the classic and it's so it's if, a... if that wasn't out what would you go for if that because that because it's quite new and it's quite mm. kind of like it's the go-to you know fantasy for so every I studio guess synth. that arturia one which is also quite interesting looking, or I guess then the Dave Smith uh, Funny story, we got a phone call from one of our buddies in San Fran the other day, and he was like, I'm with this guy. He he does MIDI things. I was like, what do you mean he does MIDI things? He's like, I was, what's his name? He's like, Dave, what's his... Like? And he sends me a picture of this guy's number plate, and it's like, his number plate was Prophet 5. And I was like, oh, what? you mean Dave Smith? <laughs> oh, that's the coolest no. thing. That's amazing. Oh, it was like a, a Tesla Y, Model Y. <laughs> With Prophet Five as a number plate, and and our buddy was hanging out with Dave Smith, none other than Dave Smith, who apparently lives. It's a shame there. that Dave Smith's car isn't analog, though, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, you should would have think... like an old Studebaker or something. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Drek. Ah, oh, that's that is that's a cool fact though that he has Prophet Five as his number plate. That's the guy who phoned us had. He was like, I think this guy's big into keyboards. We we're like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no shit. Yeah, <laughs> that's so cool. I love that. Yeah. I love that. That's a great fact that we've got. Ah, so yeah, I guess we'd, we'd we'd probably go for that if we didn't do the Moog one. Yeah, I still fair. like calling okay. it Moog. It just sounds cuter. It's Moog. Moog. It's more yeah. brute. It's more brutey. Well, I think Will Will once said that he didn't he didn't mind, did he? Did he? Apparently, he didn't care too much. No. Oh. No. I, th- yeah. I think that's from now on. If you say Moog again, I'm going to smack you. So Moog th- sounds like a sounds like a cool synth sound, man. I think he said Moog. this. I, it could be the quote. But I, I mean, he said something along the lines of, I think it was him, uh, just explaining analog synths and why everyone goes on about them. It's sort of like kitchen fluorescent light versus incandescent light. You know, it just the feeling you get from a full spectrum wave as opposed to an LED or a fluorescent. It's like all the other synths sound like JPEGs. You know, and then you you get this thing which is just like candlelight or you know actual actual fire. You know, yeah. it just feels different. Yeah, love that. I wonder if burning yourself feels different on an electric hob or a gas hob. <laughs> Let's try. Why don't you go and try it quickly, and then come I've back only to got us. electric here, so uh, <laughs> get a lighter out. Think. No, but you're right though. I guess it's like it's it's that thing where it, it's the same function and it's still light, but there's just something mm. better about it. Is that and just psychoacoustics? We we think we're not hearing it, but we actually are perceiving it, even though currently science doesn't let us know if we can or can't. Be interesting to look into that. Dom, I'm back to synesthesia and stuff, but are you <laughs> are you able to? Are you able to tell more than regular people between, like, if I set up like an MS20 virtual instrument, a real MS20, do you think you'd be better at spotting it than other people, or does that not go in Jeez. hand in hand with pitch? I don't know. That's a good question. We hmm. could try this anyway. later. I think that I, I would think that that would be it's a good more job. You don't live near me, Dom. Otherwise, I'd be coming over and doing experiments on you all the time. <laughs> 
That's amazing. You'd be put, you'd be putting those hands in different sized tubes. I'd be getting you to listen to loads of weird stuff and holding up different colors. Chris, amazing. you're giving me so many ideas, man. Y- your life, your life would be a living hell. Who's that at the door? It's Chris again. He's got a big blue board and a tube of Pringles. He's come over. He's got a- <laughs> this is amazing. But that is, I mean, I don't know. I mean, everyone always bangs on about analog and and. You know, obviously, if you're listening to it on like an MP3 on Spotify, maybe you can't tell. But when you're making it and when you're playing it, you know, you, mm. you're definitely feeling it differently to, mm. you know, JPEGs. The digital thing, there's stuff missing, obviously, until you get to a certain resolution and the, the gaps mm. are so close. But Yeah, maybe we haven't got there but yet. The, I listen to the same albums on vinyl and then just streaming and it's, it sounds I mean, so who, much better. Who even cares if it is placebo so long as... You feel better, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. <laughs> no, I'm saying oh, for all of us. I'm saying. As long as you feel better. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm saying it sounds better. It sounds better. Anyway, and back to our yeah. studio items. Okay, so <laughs> yeah. moving on. So we've got one one more item left. So we, one we, more. we, we yeah. tossed the grand piano for a Moog one. Moog one. Fine. And then we now we just need a microphone. That's it. So what would you choose? Just I mean, uh, Neumann. Yeah, I mean the U eighty seven is like I guess it's the classic. I mean, we don't even have we don't have one of those, so it would be yeah, nice to. Be... And I mean the the U eight D's got such nice sort of clear pre's, and you can kind of, you know, oh wait, we can't because we those aren't part of our bundle. We got one. We had one already. Oh, we do. We, we got the Neve. Perfect. The Neve, yeah. Sorted. So that's it. We could live with that, right? We, that whole amazing build up came to a very disappointing conclusion. I mean, the one, the only other other mic I would consider the maybe one of those blue mics, just because they look flipping cool. Dario used one; he recorded all his vocals for the track we've just finished with him now, and um, from Younger. That's Younger, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and he uh, yeah. that sounds sounded, sounds really sounded good. awesome. All his stuff sounds awesome. So either one of those two, I'd say, would be a good call. Because we we have that big big old Sony one come up recently a yeah. lot on the podcast, haven't we? Will was it the eight hundred or something? C eight hundred G, yeah, that comes up a lot, yeah. That one, but we also get, um, we've had vintage, like a U47, mm. like sort of Frank Sinatra mic. We've had, um, I'm tempted to upsell you to, to get the big blue bottle. Cause that one, I mean, that is, it's a valve mic. It's got a particular sound. I feel like you, you're not going to regret getting that. That's the one with the capsule sort of like in its own little circle at the top. Is that right? Or is it? Yeah, but it's also giant. Like it's about the size. It looks like yes, a gas canister. Yes, it's got that huge, like big blue huge body, tube yeah. at the bottom, which is obviously where the wait. Are, are, we, are we upselling dreams right now? Well, I think we might be upselling. Finally, we've been upsold. <laughs> oh my yeah, gosh! I think, I, think, I, I, think, I like I, I like this upsell. Though, I must say because, um, it, and it's and it's also quite surfing related. Blue bottle. <laughs> okay, so, perfect. But Although we that, hate blue bottles. But does that mean we have to record everything in D? No C. Sorry, C. <laughs> sorry, C. I haven't smashed that up. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Dave. If we get the blue bottle, it has to be, everything must be recorded in C. Can't we just pitch it to C later? Just like record it in whatever pitch? It must be recorded in the C. Or you record it in the C. Oh, my gosh. Is it A? Um, well, is, it, is that thing waterproof? <laughs> just, cling, just cling wrap it. It'll be fine. Yeah, we were fine. also considering like having a, a a forest vocal booth like behind mm. the setup in 1950s before you before yeah. you slaughtered our dreams, um, <laughs> and because uh, you know the acoustic inside a forest is so like 
interesting mm. in certain eyes. So like dead in a weird kind of way. Because in a of, spatial way. In a spatial way. Like having a, a forest, a very long XLR cable into the forest yeah. and a microphone on a stand. Ooh. A blue one. That's cool. That's Out of that, cool. okay, the vocal booth is in a forest. Perfect. Yes. Well, and you could, I mean, you could even put, you know, in maybe not with your Forever Studio limited items, but you can do those kind of cool things where you send a speaker out into the forest and, and record back. Mm, so much better well, than using an cr- impulse response anyway. I mean, yeah, could, there's some... How many cables are we allowed? Infinite cables. Oh, cables are infinite. Yeah, go okay, for it. Well, then you just take one of the, the monitor speakers and just yeah. hump it out into the, into the, into the forest. And, Perfect. And do, some, do some reamping. Yeah. But there's some there's some crazy famous mm. studios that have those kind of situations. There was one I saw in a book a long time ago. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, maybe Will will. But they they had like a, had like an actual cave or a well, like on site, and they oh. lowered and they had a speaker oh, at the bottom awesome. of the well connected to the live room, and then you could you could route stuff to the speaker in the well, and then they had a microphone on like where the bucket would be. Oh, and, and you, you could, could lower, lower it to it specific depths to specific heights from the desk. <sighs> mm-hmm. So they had like a lever, and it's like three meters into the well but like oh, i'm sure it was awesome. a well or a cave but there was lo- loads of crazy mm-hmm. stuff like that with people I can imagine that sounding fantastic on lead vocal <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah bucket wow. list so for cool. sure i love that that's amazing oh, yeah we have actually randomly played a couple gigs in caves oh we, yeah we have yeah. one one in um, one in edinburgh. Like south yeah well there's the cave right in edinburgh and then we played some venue in the south of of the netherlands amazing cave the acoustics in there was like it was a weird like wedding venue kind of setup but the, the actual acoustic in there was was amazing because it was like a big cave like going out you know With the view yeah. there was there's a there's a club in graz in austria um where you go up like an escalator like a bond villain into the side of a mountain oh wow. no freaking well, way i say mountain I, I'm saying mountain because I'm English, but they they probably don't call it a mountain. It was a big Little hill. Foothill. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's uh, you go you just go up this like you know like the flat escalators like they have in airports, but sort of tilted. Oh, travelator. Just goes yeah, mm. travelator all the way up, and then you're just in this big cave, and it's a nightclub um, oh, and cool. a live venue. I saw I saw um ah uh, what's his name Laurent Garnier. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh, yeah, yeah he was playing in there and it, and it was crazy. But this venue was just in a in a cave in a in a side of a mountain. It's okay, ma- we mountain. must we must play there, Dominic. We must play there. Really cool. I'll I'll try and find out what it's called and let you guys know. So okay, all that's left to do is we'll we'll give you a little bit of a rundown just in case you've you've got some mm-hmm. any any issues that you want to change your mind on. So we'll listen to that and then we'll talk about your your luxury non studio related item. Okay, so Will, run us down. Okay, we're in Jeffreys Bay in South Africa. You have a beachy log cabin with warm wood walls, all perfectly acoustically treated in the penthouse of the African Perfection Hotel, specifically for the asymmetric design. You also have a vocal booth in the forest. (laughs) You have your computer is a Mac Pro. I specced it up for you, 28 cores, 1.5 1.5 terabytes of RAM, 8 terabytes SSD, the 400-pound wheels totaling 51,884 pounds. You have an Apollo X8P. Uh, now, okay, so we'll give you these this time, but I feel like we're going to have to roll this back for the next guest. You've got four plugins with your interface. You've got the Ampex Tape, Space Echo, LA2A Legacy, uh, Neve 1084EQ your DAW, 
is Ableton Live 11 Suite. And for your six items, you have a Selma Mark VI 1967 tenor sax signed by John Coltrane, Joshua Redman, Suito Kinch, and who was the fourth one? Dexter Gordon. Dexter Gordon. You have a German flatback double bass, over 100 years old, a Wurlitzer from Beck's Odelay, retrofitted with MIDI. For speakers, you have Focal SM9s. You have a Moog One 16 voice. Upsold you there. And for your microphone, you have a blue bottle. How does that work? That sounds pretty damn perfect. Sure. Sounds like an album waiting to happen. Yeah, that sounds good. Especially that location. That sounds like I'm going to be Googling that place to have a little look. Who's Jeffrey, by the way? What's, what's that? He was the farmer that owned all the land around there way back okay. in the day, I guess. Um, wow. And then uh, some, um, there was a famous movie called The Endless Summer, uh, which was a classic. And they had The Endless Summer 2, which was also a classic. And uh, he was this guy called Bruce Brown. And he was just tra- traveling around the world, basically doing this Filmmaker. whole uh, documentary on it. And he just pretty much discovered jbay and put it well, on the map i don't know if you discovered it but he, he put it on the, put map, on the map for sure, for sure. yeah um, much to okay. the locals uh, yeah disappointment <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> unhappiness <laughs> so uh, we were okay. trying to go for pre endless summer era yes jeffrey's bay yeah so which, had was our, ourselves. Okay. which was our like you know where the the dream was killed <laughs> me, me and will can be like the the door the doormen to that to the bay for you and just keep all the all the well all you the guys are out. strapping sturdy lads so should be fine. All right. <laughs> you guys can be the dorm and not let any other surfers in. They'd be like, sorry, Dom and Dave are surfing now. If you saw yeah, how big exactly some it, of the locals are there, we'd maybe have some problems. Like, don't worry, they've got a yeah. session at 11, so you, you'll be, you can paddle out at 11. When the onshore comes I'm not up. worried. I'm not worried, Dom. I'll just get you to wave at them, and that'll scare them. <laughs> <laughs> the sharks will what is with that well. man's hands? <laughs> She's synesthetic um, as well. Don't mess with him. <laughs> let's uh, let's move on to the the luxury item. Like, so this has got to be a challenge. Like, like mm. uh, something that's a luxury for you both. What's going to be the luxury item? Okay, we have both have new, uh, some views on this. I was going to vote for a built into African perfection, a cold plunge and sauna setup for post studio and post surf rejuvenation. Yeah. That okay. sounds good. I like that. I don't know if there's anything else. I mean, that's kind of like two things, but you know, well, I was like I a wellness center. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's fair. Some so, sort of wellness center. Some okay. We could have some other items in there since it's a wellness center. No bundles. I saw you reaching for it. <laughs> <laughs> no wellness bundles. Oh my gosh! Look at that! Look at that pinky. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, would you go? Yeah. You go, you go, you, you're sparring a lot here. I mean, you've got the sea, though, guys. Surely that's all the wellness you need, right? True, but I think it's more about, like, you know, other health benefits of uh, f- of freezing yourself and then heating it or heating yeah, Contrast therapy yeah. seems to be quite We're, a, we're, t- we're talking Wim Hof again, aren't we? He's, he's yes. popular. Yes, I went and did the course with him. He is an amazing man. He is... So you're fully Wim Hof... Um, so do you do this in your daily lives? I actually, I've got the sauna. I don't have the cold plunge. The cold plunges are pricey. They're like four grand at least um, for a good Just one. Just get a wheelie bin. Exactly. But then you have to keep, <laughs> I actually did do that for a while. Not a wheelie bin, but I used to go and buy ice. But that actually ends up getting super pricey. What about just getting an ice maker? So I actually just go swim in the ocean without a, 
Oh, oh, just a chest freezer and a really mm-hmm. trustworthy friend. They do do that. I'm not even joking. There's a whole <laughs> a Facebook group, which friend. I am a member of, which is the Chest Freezer Cold Plunge group. I'm with some very, um, no one yet, but uh, <laughs> uh, some very um, methodical and meticulous systems you can do to make it safe. Um, they seal it. You have to unplug it first. The Chest Freezer Cold Plunge group. Yeah, there's a very awesome and passionate group of people on Facebook. Uh, and the guy who runs it is, uh, he is very methodical. Um, but yeah, I haven't got around to that yet. Little I might just get personality. the... personality. Yeah. But yeah, the cold and hot thing is a huge thing. I, I love doing that. So I think that's for both they, of us. And they must take, they take the lid off those chest freezers. Like, cause that's... Yeah, basically, yeah. If you want to get into it, just go to the Facebook page. You'll see how they do it. <laughs> I mean, it does, it does, it does sound like you were your own serial killer. Like, oh, the lid flip closed while I was busy freezing myself, and then I was never seen from again. And yeah. three months later, they it's found like, me perfectly preserved. But dead. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, I don't think, I mean, I think you're, uh, you know, you've got to sort of build up to it and, and be very aware of what you're doing. But when I did it with so, Wim Hof in LA, I was in this pool because it was like a whole group of us together and you're in there with all these strangers and it's quite a strange feeling sitting f- facing someone who you've never met before while you're absolutely submerged in ice. And this Navy SEAL guy was looking at me across the way and he's like, we're going under. And I was like, I don't want to go under. <laughs> he's like, we're going three, two, one. And we all went under and uh, came up and then you, f- you feel incredible afterwards because it stopped. That's why you feel incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you leave the freezing cold water and then you're grateful. Uh, but for whatever reason, just those two things seem to, um, there seem to be a lot of health benefits. So be good for like when we, you know, we're sort of having writer's block in the studio. Just go blast yourself in the, in the cold plunge. Yeah. I suppose you'd come out of it with a, a fresh perspective on everything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, that... There we have it. There's the Goldfish Fantasy Forever Studio. Thank you so much for coming on My Forever Studio. We've loved having you guys, and it's great to see you guys again. And, Thank uh, you so yeah. much, guys. Woo! Thank you. There we go. Another great set of choices from Goldfish there. And uh, always nice when we manage not to split up a great duo, getting them arguing about gear. So still together. More releases soon, I'm sure. <laughs> Dad's predicted a struggle to balance electronic and jazz genres among their six items, their restrictive six items. They didn't want to follow the rules, did they, Chris? In fact, they snuck in an extra four plugins. I'm not entirely sure how they did that. Some sort of sorcery, (laughs) I'm sure, but they did it. Um, I I don't feel like we can let that slide again. That was a one-off. Naughty fishies. Naughty fishies. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. Who do we have next time, Chris? Okay, so next time we have Orlando Higginbottom, better known to the world as Totally Enormous Extinct Dinosaurs, or Teed. Yes, I've been a huge fan of Teed since his breakout track, Garden, uh, back in 2011. And since then, he's worked with some amazing names, some of the biggest in the business, including Mark Ronson and Banks. Yep, it's going to be another fun set of studio picks, I think. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) Will there be an enormous list, Chris? And hopefully some extinct equipment oh, will uh, be resurrected. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> nice, yeah, nice, yeah. nice, 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 nice. <laughs> well, we will see you next time for another adventure in Studio Forever. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.